Hello and welcome to the Personal Development School podcast. I'm your host, Thais Gibson, and I create regular podcast episodes to teach you about your relationships, attachment style, and the subconscious mind. And in this video, I want to talk to you a little bit about how to properly stay away from a narcissist, break the connection, and really move on. So I know this is such an important topic for many different reasons. One of the biggest reasons that it's so difficult to actually break down the connection in regards to a narcissist, whether it's a close friend or um, a romantic partner that you're getting out of a relationship with, is that there's so much intermittent reinforcement combined with the meeting of generally deeply unmet needs and every sort of the, the, the most baseline of most people's childhoods. So what I mean by this is narcissists have this power in the love bombing phase to actually really get needs met in their like victim quote unquote, um, by meeting needs and catering to needs that generally we have mostly really unmet because of the way society has sort of conditioned us. So when you look at most children, I mean, children need a lot of attention. They need a lot of attunement. They need a lot of validation. They need to know that they're on the right track. They want to feel protected. They want to feel safe. And those moments when they're made to not feel that way are very painful moments. And generally they create quite strong imprints. Now, what does a narcissist do? Well, the narcissist comes in and they often make in the love bombing stage of a relationship, their, their loved one feel seen, heard, special, validated, like they matter, like they're really important, safe, protected, looked after all these things that generally as children, when we didn't have those things we, we craved, we yearned for. And so they usually come in and they sort of swoop in and really speak to these needs, really cater to these different things. And they have a huge psychological impact. Um, on the other person, right? People really take to these things in a profound way. And generally, we're not taught very well either as individuals how to meet those needs for ourselves and our upbringing. I mean, a lot of people like to have somebody who makes them feel safe and protected because generally we have a lot of boundary issues in society. We're not always the best at asserting ourselves and speaking up for ourselves. We like to feel seen because generally we're so focused externally that nobody's here to see us. We're not attuning to our own feelings, our own needs. We're not checking in with ourselves. Um, so there's these like really interesting dynamics where a narcissist sort of dispenses out these needs that are profoundly unmet. And when you pair that with intermittent reinforcement, um, which is sort of has an addictive quality. Like when we think of why people get addicted to gambling, I mean, there's no substance involved in, in gambling. It's just that there's so much intermittent reinforcement as it relates to a need. Usually it's like novelty and exploration related needs. And then the promise of, you know, financial gain and security and freedom that comes with that, right? So, so whenever we unmet needs and we get these profound needs paired with intermittent reinforcement, it can create an addiction at the level of the subconscious mind. So when we're then trying to get away from a narcissist, break free, move on, close a chapter, it can be really, really challenging, especially because generally when somebody leaves a narcissistic relationship, they get bombarded. Um, so it's not always the case. And it depends on the breakup. Did the narcissist go through a, a discard of that person instead? But generally, if you were the one to exit, the narcissist will try everything they can to try to sort of reconnect. So there are a few steps I want to go through here. The very first step is so much of breaking intermittent reinforcement um, is putting on a suit of armor, I like to call it. And this idea is that 
we have to start looking at all of the costs of the narcissistic relationship and all of the benefits to leaving. And we have to rinse and repeat. We have to think about this and feel about this on a daily basis. So it breaks this addiction to these, this one-sided narrative of the narcissist at a subconscious level. Um, there's more mechanics to this and I won't get into it for too long, but generally when we have somebody meeting profoundly unmet needs, if somebody made you feel really seen, really special, if you don't have those needs met in other forms, we have this mechanism in our brain called the reticular activating system or RAS, and it's sort of like a filtering system and it will filter things out in order to prioritize your needs. So sometimes it'll filter out in this case, specifically the bad stuff the narcissist does. I mean, I say bad like this, but sometimes there's really toxic, really scary, really painful stuff that happens in narcissistic relationships. And, and it will filter out the bad stuff and ignore all those red flags, ignore all that stuff because it's so hungry for those needs, right? That it just prioritizes that, goes right to that. And so um, in this case, we have to use our conscious mind to help our subconscious mind balance these perceptions by looking at what were all the downsides, what were all the bad things, what were all the unhealthy things, how did those things make me feel, what would this look like for five years in the future, 10 years in the future, if I lived like this regularly, how has this affected my health, how has this affected other relationships, like we have to think and feel about this repetitively because it's that repetition and emotion that will start to equilibrate these things, the subconscious level of mind. Um, so this is really important and it's not fun to do this, but it's what changes our subconscious association so we can move in a different direction and actually be motivated to do it instead of the chance, which happens to people very often, of getting pulled back into a relationship with somebody like this again. So this is a really important first step to take. Um, I'm going to cover a bunch more steps here in just a second, but also if this is something you're struggling with, and you want to do a deep dive, I have a whole course about this stuff, like how to heal from a narcissistic relationship. It includes how to get away, how to set boundaries, how to move on, um, all these different dynamics and how to actually deal with the complex grief that comes as a result of these dynamics as well. And as a result of a challenging breakup like this, um, and it can be a friendship breakup as well, right? So, or, or other relationships in your life that sort of break apart, um, family members, siblings, all that stuff. So coworkers, <laughs> um, bosses for some people. Um, so anyways, with this being said, um, cost benefit sort of conditioning there is really important. We have to think about this and feel about this regularly. It sort of creates space between us and like the potential of going back to that addictive pull that can be there. The next thing is to set firm and clear boundaries with this person. I don't want to speak to you again. I, I'm not open to this relationship really clear without too much of an emotional charge. This goes hand in hand with step three, which is to gray rock. Um, and to be what this really means, it's a silly term, but it, it's, it, it makes sense in the context of narcissism. Narcissists are always looking for supply. So if you give them a lot of positive reaction validation, they'll come seek more supply. If you give a lot of negative reaction, you will show them that they have power over your emotions. They'll feel like they have control over you. That will make them feel powerful and it will still be a form of supply. So if you are too positive or too negative in your conversations, if you have any emotional charges at all, it feeds into the narcissistic supply. So the narcissist will keep coming back, violating your boundaries. If you say, don't text me, they'll keep texting. You say, don't, you know, come to my house, they'll show up. They'll continue this pattern to get what they want 
unless there's nothing that they want. And so when you gray rock, you sort of set this boundary here and then you don't give an emotional charge. And eventually their subconscious mind is like, okay, well, I'm not getting anything from this time to move on. So gray rock is like to act like a gray rock, literally. Um, but it, it has a lot of really empowering information when we peel apart what that really means. So when you set a firm and clear boundary and then proceed to gray rock, it sort of helps that person learn to move in a different direction and gives you that space to actually start healing. Now, Within this, something that's really important for your own healing is to not check up on the, that person. Do, do everything you can to not look at anything related to them, right? Set that boundary, really detox from them. You have to kind of go, go cold turkey from that addiction and actually detox and set those firm boundaries around checking their social media, checking on them. The mind likes to make lots of justifications and say, oh, but what if this happens? Oh, what if they're not doing well? Oh, what if that is going to pull you right back into a toxic situation with somebody who's just going to be enabled to continue toxic patterns of behavior and probably need some space to do their own healing and self-reflection. Okay. So please make sure that you're in that position. Do narcissists heal and self-reflect less so than everybody else generally, right? Because their whole mind and coping mechanism is built upon not looking at themselves and taking accountability and seeing their flaws, right? It's the way that they've coped because of usually quite severe trauma. Um, so, you know, a wounded person here we're talking about, but a wounded person that we unfortunately really need strong boundaries around because more often than not, they will perpetuate wounding in other people. Um, and then the other core parts here that are super important are to start learning what those needs are that you got so addicted to, right? That made you stick around, that made you stay, that made you put up with stuff that wasn't okay with you, that made you isolate, that made you put up with all the criticism, all the harsh comments, the boundary violations, the content expectations, the walking on eggshells. What really drove you to, to stay, right? All that stuff was there. It was painful. So there had to be something so powerful, so intoxicating on the other side that you kept showing up. You kept going back for more. You have to define and isolate very specifically what those things were so that you can start showing up with strategies to meet those things in healthy ways yourself. And it goes back to some of those things we talked about. If it was somebody who made you feel seen, Generally, it means you are not very empowered in attuning to yourself, showing up for yourself in that need. Um, protected. Where are you struggling to protect yourself, to set your own boundaries, to assert yourself and your own, you know, to show up for your own needs? So make a list of those things. We have them in, in the course in, in a great amount of detail and a little too long for this video, probably. But we have to then meet these needs in new forms. And reprogram our subconscious comfort zone, right? Sometimes we have a bit of a comfort zone that allows us to keep feeling like the narcissist is familiar. Sometimes it's that you are harsh on yourself. You beat yourself up too much. You are too much of a perfectionist. So your comfort zone is to walk on eggshells. So we have to recondition that as well. And by sitting and just asking yourself, what, how do I treat myself in a way similar that that person treated me? Again, it's not your fault that you were in the situation. It usually actually just indicates prior trauma to the narcissist, which made that person feel familiar. Um, but by showing up for those things, isolating those things, and then isolating the needs, changing the patterns of behavior for how you treat yourself like the narcissist did, meeting your needs in healthier forms, you actually break that need to go back. You break that sort of addictive pattern that pulls you back in at the level of the subconscious mind, which is where it matters for real transformation to happen. And then you actually have true closure around this relationship as a result. So, I mean, there's so much more we can go into, but um, this is a really important topic. 
And uh, hopefully this makes sense to you. Hopefully this is helpful. If you have questions, comments, anything, please let me know um, down below. And I will be sure to create more content about this going forward. But thank you so much for watching and for being here. Please like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already to this channel. I would really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next video.